Federal prosecutors have now accused Alpine Congressman Duncan Hunter of using his campaign funds to pay for affairs with up to five women. This is the latest setback for the five-term congressman, who is accused of misspending a quarter million dollars on everything from garage doors to airfare for a pet rabbit. This comes weeks after his wife, Margaret, changed her plea and agreed to work with prosecutors. Stripped of his House committee assignments, Hunter contends the prosecution is politically motivated and has denied all charges. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Jeff McDonald, your watchdog reporter for the Union-Tribune, and we had some rather shocking news today about Congressman Duncan Hunter. Why don't you explain, what do we know about all of these women that he allegedly spent campaign funds on? Okay, we don't know the names of these women, but we did, and and they're uh, outlined in the original indictment from last August as individuals 14 through 18. So we know there are at least five people that uh, he had close personal relationships with. What the filings show uh, this week is that they were women. Three of them were lobbyists. Two of them congressional staffers. One including uh, a woman on his own staff. So we don't know who they are. But uh, he had developed professional and social relationships with these women and uh, started dating them. And uh, in the first case, uh, three months after he got to Washington for for his first term, uh, he's living with a woman who was a lobbyist, uh, according to the federal prosecutor. So that is pretty alarming. And it's worth noting that this happened a decade ago. So this has been going on for some time. It's been going on for some time, and uh, his wife apparently uh, knew about the spending. It's not clear from the records how much she knew about the alleged infidelity, but uh, they're pretty stunning documents. And do we have a sense about how much money campaign funds that uh, the congressman used to kind of fund these relationships? Because in the previous indictment, it was broken down dollar by dollar. Was this one like that or was it different? Uh, This one was like that. Now, I have not totaled it up, but there are lots of expenditures. And we're talking about for dinners, drinks, resorts, uh, car, uh, Lyft, uh, Ubers. Uh, So the total would be certainly in the thousands, probably the tens of thousands. They're not delineated by expense. There seem to be a bunch of examples uh, that I have not totaled up, but it's clearly in the thousands of dollars, probably in the tens of thousands. Because that was one thing that was somewhat interesting in the original indictment, that when we actually totaled it at the newspaper, we saw that the majority was actually Margaret Hunter, and the smallest was just Duncan alone. But within that was the more interesting expenditures of going out to dinner and drinks. I remember one occasion had a 47 tequila shots or something like that. Yes. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of extravagant spending. Uh, what these documents lay out, and, and I should clarify, there were a number of motions filed, I, I think about 14 or 15. Uh, I didn't tally them up uh, by both sides uh, yesterday. Uh, now, this is in the run-up to a hearing that's scheduled uh, this coming Monday, uh, where each side is asking the judge to allow them to present this evidence or to exclude that evidence from the case when it goes to trial. So there were a whole number of things that were filed into the uh, public docket uh, one of one of the filings from the federal prosecutors is asking the judge to allow Margaret Hunter to testify against her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know she pleaded guilty to a single count two weeks ago uh, on the caveat that she would cooperate with investigators, which she clearly has and she's planning to do. Uh, this filing from the feds yesterday 
indicates the extent of the cooperation between the husband and wife. Uh, they both understood, according to the documentation, that the spending was illegal and they both proceeded to do it anyway. Now, the reason the feds are putting that forward now is because they want to arrest any opportunity for the defense to say that the spousal privilege should apply. Yeah, it certainly seems like in this case, the dominoes are kind of falling in which the prosecution is really laying it on thick as to what's going on. They are taking the gloves off very clearly. There are a number of things they allege. In the one about personal conduct uh, Mm -hmm. that I focused on in today's story, uh, it interestingly notes that they gave Duncan Hunter every opportunity to stipulate to some of these uh, behaviors and to keep it out of the public file. He declined to do so, uh, which I think is uh, pretty interesting. Even more curious is is the way that document concludes is it says there's other um, personal conduct information that the feds do not want to disclose and that Congressman Hunter may be willing to stipulate to to keep it out of the public arena. Uh, we don't know anything about that, but it's not related to uh, its misuse of campaign f- funds but it's not related to his infidelity. So there's some other behavior out there that the congressman apparently has committed that's not just illegal, but would also uh, disrupt his reputation even further, so much so that he's willing to discuss with the prosecutors to keep it out of the public, uh, out of the public arena. Which So this is something that, is it related to Margaret Hunter's deal, or is this just something that's been coming eventually? About this particular uh, allegation, we don't know. But what it says literally is that there's this, apart from all the infidelity and the funding of using campaign funds to illegally pay for the affairs, apart from that, there's this other behavior that we're not disclosing now, but we will unless the congressman stipulates to it. And by the way, he's engaged in uh, settlement discussions to make that stipulation, which if it's reached, would keep it out of the public record, uh, which I find very curious. Certainly. And what is the biggest uh, defense that uh, Duncan Hunter has argued for as this has been ongoing? Uh, Well, the latest defense is that it's politically motivated by some prosecutors who supported Hillary Clinton, and he's a well-known supporter of President Trump, Mm -hmm. and therefore the prosecutors are making an example out of him because of his support for a president they don't regard uh, highly. Uh, so the politically motivated allegation is, is one. Yesterday, he also, his lawyers filed a motion to simply dismiss all the charges on that ground. Uh, we'll see how far that gets. Uh, they're asking for a change of venue, which is another motion that his defense filed yesterday. Uh, they want to move the trial to northeast California, eastern and northern. It's called the uh, Eastern District of California. There are mm-hmm. four federal districts within the uh, California uh, federal justice system. In the Eastern District, there were a lot more Trump voters, and therefore they feel like they would get a more sympathetic jury. But more importantly, they feel like the Union Tribune and other local media have so beaten up on this congressman that he couldn't get a fair trial here. Mm -hmm. And we'll see what happens with those claims. Those are kind of hard to prove. Yes. Well, come Monday, there's a bunch of things that, as I say, both sides are coming to the judge and saying, we are asking you to do this or asking you to prevent that. And that's how that happens in a lot of trials. So this isn't unusual. Uh, it'll be a big docket come Monday, and, and the judge will either make a decision on each of these issues or dole them out later in the week or later in the month. But the trial's coming up. It's only uh, 10 weeks away. Certainly. And it, it's interesting just kind of the multitude of ways Duncan Hunter is kind of stuck in a corner. 
because not only does he not have any of the the assignments he had back in the house, he's oh he's only allowed to vote, and also because he was a, a reservist in the Marines, he could also be charged uh, in that system as well. Possibly, I'm not sure about that. I, I, I'm looking into that in more depth because I've gotten conflicting information on that specific question. Mm-hmm. That's the adultery allegation. Yes. If he's, uh, yes, uh, I've gotten some conflicting information. So we're actually looking into that in more in more detail just now. Uh, yes, he's been stripped of all his committee assignments. So there's been an open question since November when he was reelected, how effective he would be representing the 50th district. Uh, some people, obviously, he has a lot of support out there, and his family goes back decades, so he's got a lot of uh, supporters, core supporters, who will stand by him no matter what. Uh, he came close to losing his seat last year. This year, without any committee uh, service, he's able to introduce legislation, but he can't, can't really do more than that, so it's unclear how, uh, how he's spending his time at uh, you know, the nation's capital. Yeah, and the rumor mill is suggesting that Daryl Issa may come back in that seat, which would make things certainly interesting in a return of a, another, uh, you know, strong conservative voice. Well, I, I predict there'll be a lot of jockeying for that seat if uh, if the congressman uh, pleads out or is convicted, um, because you can't serve in Congress after being convicted. Uh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And this is a developing story. We're still trying to get more information and fully understand what's going on with this trial. So what questions are you hoping to answer uh, the rest of today and in the coming weeks? I'm reading through the filings in more detail now to get a better understanding. There's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of new detail, but not a lot of smoking gun allegations beyond those which we've talked about in the last few minutes. Uh, the change of venue the living with other women allegation. Uh, and there's a lot of detail about more spending and more trips and, and, and more questionable uh, uh, spending, more illegal spending, according to the prosecutors. Uh, so I'm reading through. There were hundreds of pages of, of, of documents filed uh, in the last 24 hours. So there's a lot more uh, reading on, on, on my part and my colleagues. Mm-hmm. And it's often hidden in those documents where we find those details we've been looking for for over the past several years. Yes, it's a pretty fun time for people that, you know, like journalists that, that read court records for, for fun and, and, and work. So, uh, yes, it's interesting. So we'll see what happens come Monday. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't go well for the congressman, you could see him uh, maybe negotiating some kind of deal that would see him resigning his seat and, uh, and pleading guilty to lesser charges like his wife did just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. All right. Jeff McDonald, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. In other news... A man found guilty of fatally shooting a Navy sailor near Horton Plaza has been sentenced to 126 years to life in prison. Andrew Morris shot Lieutenant Commander James Solani Jr. and his cousin in 2017 after having an argument with his girlfriend while leaving a downtown comedy club. Solani's cousin, Sean, had been in town to ask Solani to be his best man at his wedding. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Try some of our other podcasts, too. Our Ideas and Opinion team hosts the conversation, which features interviews with newsmakers and experts about San Diego news and issues. And our sports department hosts Hot Lava about all things Padres. To see all of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.